turning your Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, we want to read the first verse. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, what a joy it is to be able to gather in a meeting like this and meet with you and to to meet where we can be taught, not by a man, but by your Spirit, the one who searches all things and the one who knows the Scriptures and the one who knows how to reveal them to us. What a blessing that is. And we ask that we would allow you to instruct us tonight. Uh, to show us what we need to see from these passages of Scripture, that we might take heed to ourselves. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we're continuing to think about the importance of the timeline that Paul gives us here. Uh, a timeline that begins in verse 18 of chapter 1 and continues to the first verse or through the first verse of chapter 2. The timeline that Paul mentioned here fits into the book of Acts. Uh, initially, it fits into Acts chapter 9. If you want to find that chapter, I've, I've marked, marked it with my little ribbon. But if you want to find that chapter... Paul gets saved on the road to Damascus. That's what he's describing here in chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16. And he tells us that after he got saved, he did not confer with flesh and blood. He didn't go up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before him. Now, the Lord had something uh, else for Paul. He wanted to bring him and he brought him into Arabia where he taught him by the revelation of Jesus Christ for three years. Remember a verse that, that, uh, that we can write over our studies of the Apostle Paul is 1 Timothy 1.16 where uh, Paul tells us that he is a pattern. He's a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on the Lord Jesus to life everlasting. And so the Lord wants to do the same thing for us. He wants us to, he wants to bring us into Arabia. He wants to bring us unto himself where he can teach us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ from which he wants to teach us. So Paul was there for 3 years. That's the first point on our timeline, if you will. Now look at Acts chapter 9. This three-year period, as we mentioned last week, would seem to go between verses 19 and 20. Paul was there in Damascus certain days, and then he went into Arabia for three years 
and was taught by the Lord. And then he comes back prepared. He comes back to Damascus prepared to preach Christ in the synagogues. Prepared to prove that the Lord Jesus is the very Christ. And Paul did that for many days. We don't know how many. But he did that for many days until the Jews took counsel to kill him. But the Lord exposed their plan to Saul and the disciples let him down by a wall, by the wall in a basket. And Paul then returned to Jerusalem for the first time since he left there three plus years earlier. And with the help of Barnabas, who brings him to the apostles and tells them how Paul had gotten saved on the road to Damascus and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Paul is able, as we see in verse 28, to come in and out among the apostles. Then it would seem that it is in this period when, excuse me, Paul spends 15 days with Peter and sees James, the Lord's brother, as he talks about in Galatians chapter 1. And there in Jerusalem, he speaks boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputes against the Grecians until they uh, are trying to figure out a way to slay him. Look at verse 30. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to, to Tarsus. So Paul leaves Jerusalem and goes to Tarsus. Now we want to notice verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now particularly, I'd like for you to notice the opening words of that verse. Then had the churches rest. We want to file those words back in our minds because we want to come back to them in a few minutes. So Paul has left Jerusalem and that takes us back to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1 if you want to flip back there. Then 14 years after, 14 years after, after Galatians 1.21 Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. After what we read in Acts chapter 9 and verse 30, after Paul left Jerusalem, after he was brought down to Caesarea, came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and came to Tarsus. Then, 14 years after, Paul went up again to Jerusalem. Now, this is where... There is a difference of opinion among those who study the Bible. And the difference of opinion is over how to measure this 14-year period, um, the ending point of it. Look back, if you will, at Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And look at verse 19. 
Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Now this, this is a reference back to Acts chapter 8 and verse 1 where we read, Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So here in, in chapter 11 and verse 19, Dr. Luke picks back up that narrative, as it were, and tells us what happened to those who were scattered abroad uh, upon the persecution that arose about Stephen and what they were doing. They traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Now the last time we read about Barnabas was in Acts chapter 9 and verse 27 when he brought Paul to the apostles there in Jerusalem, and, and vouched for him. So Barnabas is still in Jerusalem. And now the church in Jerusalem has heard about what these believers who were scattered because of the persecution uh, that followed the, the, the death of Stephen, they've heard what's happened in, in, in Antioch how the gospel's been preached, how people have been saved. And so now they send Barnabas from Jerusalem to Antioch. Verse 23, Who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. Now, look at verse 25. Then departed Barnabas, notice these next two words, because they are additional information provided by the Spirit of God. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, for to seek Saul. Now the Spirit of God didn't have to tell us that. He could have just said, then departed Barnabas for to seek Saul. But the Lord wanted us to know where Saul was. And the implication is that he was still in Tarsus, the place where he went after his first visit to Jerusalem after he was saved. We read that's where he ended up. We read that back in Acts chapter 9. But let's keep reading. Verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church 
and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Now we come to verse 30. Which also they did, and sent it by the el- to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Th- this is where the difference of opinion or maybe we should say the difference in measuring the time, these 14 years, this is where that difference of measuring comes in. There are those who believe that Galatians 2 and verse 1 goes right here in Acts chapter 11 and verse 30. This 14-year period that Paul is talking about in Galatians 2 1 ends right here. This is when Paul went up again to Jerusalem. If you have a Defender Study Bible, in his note on Galatians 2.1, at the conclusion of the note, Dr. Morris says this, So it seems more likely that this particular visit the visit in Galatians 2.1 was the occasion mentioned in Acts chapter 11 and verse 30. Now, those in the other camp disagree. And I would say that I'm in the other camp. And I'd like to tell you why. Those in the other camp point out that there is no record that Barnabas and Saul stayed for any length of time in Judea and Jerusalem. There's no record that they stayed any longer than it took to leave the gift. That was the mission that they were sent on. That seems to be the case because after chapter 11 and verse 30, the next time we read about Barnabas and Saul is in chapter 12 and verse 25, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And what was their ministry in Jerusalem? Well, it was to take the relief. It was to take the money that the church at Antioch had collected for the church at Jerusalem. And so when they had fulfilled their ministry, when they accomplished that purpose, they returned from Jerusalem to Antioch where the Lord had them ministering. They took a a time out for whatever time it took for them to travel from Antioch to Jerusalem, give the money to the elders, and then they returned to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Antioch. 
So it doesn't seem that this is the trip to Jerusalem that Paul is talking about. So where is the trip that he's referring to? Well, I believe we'll see the trip that he's talking about if you'll look over at Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Be ready to look at Galatians chapter 2. Look at Galatians, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputed with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. And they declared all things that God had done with them. But there arose, but there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. Please notice those words. There rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. Now look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. This would seem to correspond to Acts 15 and verse 2 where it says, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them, that would be Titus as we see here in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1. Fourteen years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation. The Lord sent me there and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. This compelling to be circumcised that's mentioned here in verse 3, I believe corresponds to Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised, after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And then in verse 5, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them, and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together 
for to consider of this matter. So I think it's clear in just these few verses that what Paul is talking about here in Galatians chapter 2 is his accounting of what took place in Acts chapter 15 in Jerusalem. Now we aren't through comparing these two passages of Scripture. But we're thinking about this timeline that Paul gives us. And there is a point that we need to see and think about. And it's about Paul giving us these years in chapter 2 and verse 1. Why does the Spirit of God have Paul tell us then 14 years after I went up to Jerusalem? He could have just said, then I went up to Jerusalem. Why does the Spirit of God want us to know that it was 14 years later that He went up to Jerusalem? 14 years He went up to Jerusalem after He had left there in Acts chapter 9. I believe it's because of what we read here in Galatians 1 in verse 4. Well, let's read verse 3. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Think about what Paul is telling us. In just 14 years, the church at Jerusalem, and let's remember who was in that church. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 12. Acts chapter 1 and verse 12. The Lord Jesus has just ascended back to heaven. Acts chapter 1 and verse 12, we read, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. These are the foundational people in the church at Jerusalem. These are the foundational people that were there. This is the church that was formed on the day of Pentecost. The first church when the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, was given. This is the church that saw 3,000 people saved on the day of Pentecost and added to the church. 
This is the church that in Acts chapter 2, in verse 42, this is the church, look at what we read there about them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. This is the church that saw the first persecution and yet they proclaimed the message of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven. Listen to what they're saying. There's not salvation in circumcision. There's not salvation in the law of Moses. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is the church whose testimony was epitomized by what was said of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. That they were unlearned and ignorant men. But these men on the council took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. This is the church that prayed in Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. Look at, look at that. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. This is the church that we're reading about here. These are the apostles, these foundational uh, people in the church at Jerusalem who told the leaders of the nation of Israel, we ought to obey God rather than men. These are the apostles. This is the church that when they were beaten and commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. This is the church that saw the martyrdom of Stephen, the church who experienced great persecution against them. Read about that in Acts chapter 8. This is the church, um, if, you, if you look over at Acts chapter 8, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. This is the church that was ravaged by Saul. That's what the word havoc means. The church whose members, both men and women, were drugged out of their homes and committed to prison. This is the church at Jerusalem, the first church in the New Testament. And look what happened. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4. False brethren. False brethren came in unawares. 
who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. And notice how quickly it happened. Galatians 2 and verse 1. It happened in just 14 years. I believe that's why the Spirit of God has Paul to give us this point on the timeline to show us, to teach us how quickly this can happen. But how did it happen? We know it happened quickly, but how did it happen? Well, look back at... uh, Well, if you're at Acts chapter 8, look at Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Earlier, just a few minutes ago, we noticed this verse. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. I ask you to make a mental note about the opening words of this verse, to mark them in our minds because we wanted to come back to them. Then had the churches rest. Then had the churches rest. That that phrase jumped off the page at me. We're thinking, we know how quickly these false brethren came in unawares. But I think this is why they came in. Then had the churches rest. C.H. McIntosh said, a time of peace and prosperity. That's rest. A time of peace and prosperity tends to develop and bring to maturity many seeds of evil which might be nipped and blighted by the keen blast of adversity. David found the kingdom more thorny and dangerous than the wilderness. The church at Jerusalem found rest more thorny and dangerous, spiritually speaking, than persecution. And it's like that because something that Pastor Kelly pointed out in a message many years ago. Change in the devil's strategy. There came this point where the devil stopped persecuting the church and he started joining the church. He stopped persecuting the church and he started joining it through his ministers who were transformed as angels of light. He started joining the church through those that Luke tells us were Pharisees which believed, but they believed something that was wrong. But they were tolerated. They were tolerated. Things that never would be tolerated in a time of persecution are tolerated in a time of rest. Paul tells us that these were false brethren. And in a time of peace, in a time of rest 
from persecution. This church at Jerusalem let their guard down. And instead of believing not every spirit, instead of trying the spirits, whether they are of God, whether uh, instead of examining, they examined Paul. <laughs> they didn't receive him. They had to have some testimony concerning him, didn't they? Barnabas provided that testimony. But here they are taking into their, their number these false brethren. Instead of earnestly contending for the faith, instead of continuing to engage in spiritual warfare, war is not fun. Fighting is not fun. I'm talking about physical fighting, but spiritual fighting, it's not fun. That's why twice the Lord tells us, don't be weary in well-doing. They stopped engaging in spiritual warfare. Well, they were sharp when there was persecution. They let their guard down. And they accepted these false brethren with their false teaching and only took 14 years. Only took 14 years. Folks, this is the point of the message tonight. We're going to continue to, to talk about Galatians chapter 2 and Acts chapter 15. It can happen to the church at Jerusalem. It can happen to this church. That's the message of these 14 years. Why did the Lord tell us that? I believe this is one of the reasons. And he, he's, he's gave, he gave us this number. And again, He wants us to remember that the Apostle Paul is the pattern. He's the pattern that in Him first, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to everlasting life. And what pattern do we see in the Apostle Paul? Well, look back at... at um, what do we see? Just touch on it briefly tonight, but what pattern do we see in the Apostle Paul? Well, look at verse 4. Well, let's, let's read verse 3 again. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage. Verse 5. This is the pattern. The Apostle Paul. What did he do that we're to do? To whom these false brethren that came in unawares to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. Why? Why? That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That's the pattern that we're to follow. When, when, when the false brethren try to come in, they're going to try to come in. From what I understand about the history of this church, it's happened. Some of you were here in those times. They came in unawares with false doctrine. And what did 
Pastor Kelly and the leadership do? Verse 5. Followed the exact pattern that the Apostle Paul followed. To whom we gave place by subjection? No, not for an hour. That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. The truth of the gospel is that salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul was not going to tolerate that you have to be, that the message, the false message that you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. Folks, this is the pattern that we're to follow. If we don't, and it just, it just rolls all over me, that this church in Jerusalem, that, that church, we're reading about that church. And the, the, the names of the people who were in that church, they didn't follow what Paul did. They gave place to these false teachers. Thank the Lord for the Apostle Paul who came in there and the churches had rest, but he wasn't afraid to go to war, was he? He wasn't afraid to do battle with false teachers. That's the pattern that we need to follow. Young people, young men who are coming along, that's the pattern that you need to follow. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for allowing us to study Your Word together tonight. And we pray that we would not let a time of peace that we would not let a time of rest. And we've known that here in America, and we're knowing it now. And Father, help it not to cause us to let down our guard, to pull back from spiritual warfare. Help us to be engaged in the battle every day, that your people and that this church might be found faithful when you come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.